inside You are innocence personified And I will drag you down and sell you out Run away I am cold like December snow Outlaw Blitz in my mind. Woo! G-Mac and Winnie coming at you after a fired-up International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame weekend. Brought in properly by the demo god himself, Chris Jericho. Man, that song fucking gets the juices flowing. Dude, bro. it's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I'll, I'll plug him all day long. Go by Fozzie, man. Jericho rocks. 100%. All them songs. I started listening to that whole Great album. Great album. And I didn't realize it's as old as it is. But, uh, man, some amazing shit going there. Uh, like we said, we just came back from the Hall of Fame induction weekend, the inaugural one. Seth Turner did an excellent job. Joe DeFino hooked us up. What a great time. We made some new friends. Dude, that was an epic fucking weekend. Epic. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed every bit about that weekend. On first name basis with Bill Apter. He disarmed you completely. completely because you didn't know what to do. No. Well, first, he, he's like, hey, I, we've met before. And I'm like, I don't think so, Mr. Apter. He goes, it's Bill. What's your name? Oh, it's Highland. A oh, pleasure to meet you. Gave a little elbow bump because he had his mask on. Yeah, yep. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, hey, Highland, do you have any? And I'm like, wait a minute. This dude actually remembered my name. <laughs> yeah. Fucking legend. And in we the grew industry. up reading his magazines yeah, when, we yeah. were, when we were kids here. Um, dude, it was from start to finish. Great. The whole weekend was awesome. The wrestling card, uh, Friday night, uh, hot as balls when we got there. It cooled down pretty it decent. It did cool down nice. And uh, the, the Water Vleet Dome was laid out perfectly for it. Good show. Good show. Um, I, I give every one of those wrestlers uh, a round of applause. Um, let me see. I like, let, me do them, let me do them right. Uh, they put on an excellent show. They did. They and and on did. a short notice, um, good entrances, good music, uh, interaction with the fans. We got uh, some, it, it was pretty good. Some interviews uh, to come based off of people we met. We Friday had great night. security, too. We did. We had great security on Shout Friday Shout out night. to our, our boy, Scott. Yeah. Uh, or or his alter ego. Baby Gooey. Baby Gooey. Uh, and he definitely wants to, he's, I'm going to shoot him a message, uh, when, when this comes out on Thursday to let him know it's up live. Well, he, he'll know. Yeah. It'll be live on Thursday, but his sound bite will be up in about an hour. Oh dude. His sound bite <laughs> itself was yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. We made some really good connections through this, uh, event. Sonny looked good. Yeah. Um, you can tell that story. So it don't sound like I'm boasting. Rock and roll was still rock and rolling. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we walk into the convention, and Seth Turner is right at the, uh, uh, pretty much the entrance way. So we walk over, and he sees me, and, hey, Highland, hey, how's it going? And uh, I don't know, whatever, his name slips your mind. It's, uh, it's George. And I hear, hey, George. And it sounded so familiar, like it was somebody George already knew. And I looked down, and it's friggin' sunny. And I'm like, "You what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Y'all, listen, the sexy scumbag, he... <laughs> Reputation. So that starts. <laughs> that starts the night out. We're now we're we're well. Hold we're on, already laughing we're, now. We're on, we're on that. I'm going to have competition with Brian Liston now. You definitely got competition with Brian Liston because in our cut up here for this you're episode, you're going to find out that you're going to find out that his badge and went up. missing, and we never got the full story of is it, it was in her backpack. Rumor or not. has it it was in her backpack, and she was leaving. Yeah, rumor has it. He snuck her out before the crowd. It's very possible. And I don't know. That 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 moment was my highlight for the weekend. Just that interview. A weekend of highlights. We're we're fifty miles from home. We're enjoying something and we get a local kid to come on the show. That was that awesome. was that was awesome. Yo, we had as much fun talk and interviewing and talking to our couple of everyday Joes, our our buddy Scott and Brian. Brian, listen. That uh were delighted to sit down and talk with us as much as we did when we interviewed uh, Bushwhacker Luke, who was great. Oh, man, wait till you hear the Absolutely cut. shout-outs he gave us. Um, and Rita Marie, first the first professional uh, female re- referee. Yep. And uh, who else we had? We had, geez. Oh, Seth Turner came on and talked Seth to us for a minute. On. After we called him out, we cut a good promo on Friday before we left. Yeah, but uh, it was great. We had an absolute blast. Then we went back. Crashed for a bit, almost too long. Yeah. We woke up, it was 10 to 6. We're like, oh, oh shoot. shoot. Yeah. Got ready, got back over uh, to the Desmond who put on uh, aces all around. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah, an excellent, excellent job there. Um, one one interview got cut off, and that was... Um, Bud Carson. Bud Carson. The the gentleman, we, we ended up getting some merch. Yep. Uh, the big guys... Uh, well, let's Let's... Let's thank uh, everybody, but I want to thank somebody in particular. Two people. Eric Sudo sent us up there. Uh, he covered us for the weekend there, and which which was great. That's how we, we kind of were afforded to go. Yep. Um, but it was the big guy's birthday, and his wife shocked him with some Outlaw Blitz happy birthday balloons. Yep, which are still in my car. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. But then we worked our way over to Bud Carson's table, and we got some stuff for the studio, which is already up. We got Thunder Lips and John Cena, and they're both autographed. Hogan and Cena autographed the stuff. And for his birthday, uh, the big guy got CM Punk. CM Punk's autograph with the belts. It's him with two him with the the two WWE title belts. Yeah, autographed. So good stuff. The shit. Um, Other than that, yeah, it was it was nice just to get out there and mingle, go to the dinner, see what was entailed in it. Uh, we met Virgil. We met the Rock and Roll Express. We met rugged Ronnie Garvin. Looks like he looks nothing like when he had the blonde hair and all that shit. No, but the but man, he looks like he could wrestle today. Great shape. He's somebody's grandfather. Whoop your ass! <laughs> and I threw up the four fingers to JJ Dillon, Dillon and got it back. So yeah. I feel like I'm a member of the four. Like actually, now. he kind of like gave it to us as he was walking by. He we did. were interviewing. You know, that was so awesome. We were interviewing our boy Scott. That's right. Listen. uh... That's our buddy now. He is definitely our He's buddy. He's our guy. 
If if you've been around and you and you go you get the chance to go see Baby Gooey, you tell him the Outlaw Blitz sent you. Yeah. He's our guy. He's an outlaw. There's no doubt about it. Um beyond that, I mean, between the sleep and the the wings, and we're gonna have a whole separate thing off of the <laughs> toilet time. <laughs> Tales from the Turlet is gonna be called that episode uh, because I drank about what a gallon and a half of water. Yeah. And I was pissed. I had a piss about 30 times that day. Yeah. And every single time I went in the bathroom, something absolutely ridiculously screwed up happened. So, yo, uh, I got to ask though, because now, do I have a victory over Virgil? Do I go over in that? Oh, you went over in that. You definitely went over that. Nice. <laughs> Damn, boy. <laughs> Who blew that thing up? And he just bailed. He just got, he went to a whole nother bathroom. Oh, I want to oh. know against Virgil via submission. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he tapped. That was a via tap. Uh, but overall, yeah, what a great weekend. I, I kind of just sat back in the aspect of just let me press the buttons and kind of. I, I was more of, would you agree with this? I was more of the, hey, let's go get, I went and got people for the, the interviews. Oh, and yeah. You, you were the, you're the wrestling guy. You're the, re- I love wrestling, but I don't have the names, the arenas. You're our stat guy. Like, I can't <laughs> keep up with that. You had all this other details that I didn't have. Yeah, looking forward. I sound like a robot. What was your favorite match? What dragged you into wrestling? Looking forward to, uh, <laughs> Future interviews, two specifically, I'm definitely looking forward to. Dave Donnell. Dave Donnell, a, the referee, referee for which you'll hear years. him on this podcast. Yes. And he's got so much to offer that we couldn't cover it in six minutes. Right. Which is what we got with him because he had his own his own booth to man. And uh, even more, or equally as much, Brian Solomon, who was a writer for WWE, who is now writing a book on Ed Farhat, the original Sheik. Yes. And... Uh, he is all about coming on and talking about how he put the book together and um, involvement or lack thereof with uh, the Sheik's nephew, Sabu, and how Rob Van Dam was awesome was awesome and wrote the yeah. opening for the book. So to, those are just two of potentially. And then Riley Shepard, I'm really Riley looking Shepherd, for. Riley Shepard, another independent uh, female wrestler who wrestled Rachel Ellering, great match. Uh and she's got a whole gimmick going that people love. Yeah. With the sword and the, the oh, yeah. purple hair or whatever. It was pretty cool. Yep. No. And um yeah, we 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 got some we had some cards out and as the uh emails come back to set up for interviews, we'll set them up and knock them down. All right. So without further ado, we'll go so today's episode will really just it'll it's a cut of our interview cuts. Yeah. As people came by to the booth, we sat them down and we run them through. They're on uh, unedited. It's just you know, it's it's wrestling fans talking wrestling stuff, but you gotta listen to Bushwhacker Luke give us some hell of a promo. I think you've got to take take the I, interview I will. and cut I that will. up for promo for promotional purposes because he and it's great. The man's seventy four years old, bumped like a maniac Friday night, and it's we got there early. It was early as shit. Like it was, we saw o'clock. somebody get knocked out too. We did. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> oh my god! Eight o'clock in the morning, we're there setting up, and Luke comes in, sets his table up, comes came over. right over to us. Yeah, came right over. Courtesy, thank you again, Seth and Joe, and uh, came on over, held the mic, uh, looked again, looked himself tired, and as soon as that button went red on our board, 
Luke That's Williams, a professional. Bushwhacker Luke came to life. That man was phenomenal. And uh, absolutely. And one more thing before we go to that, before we cut to our wrestling cuts. Okay. Uh, I got to push our trucker hat. Our trucker hat is badass. I love it. It's got an awesome logo. I don't. I can't see it. It's on my head, but how's it look? Great. All I right. Think, I think you got the cardboard in it still. I, I want the front up high. Oh, you want Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think I wrote a pretty good ad here. I like it. All right. The Outlaw Blitz trucker hat makes you irresistible to the opposite sex. Side effects have included becoming funnier, sexier, smarter, and last but not least, Thor's hammer. You may go back in time, fall down a rabbit hole, or start asking crazy questions. But ultimately, you'll be the decider of all crime and punishment throughout your day. Buy the Outlaw Blitz trucker hat. Ten bucks through the Outlaw Blitz podcast Facebook page. Yeah, send us an inbox. Uh, I think our email's even listed on there. Theoutlawblitz at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a few left in stock. Uh First come, first serve. If we if we get more in, we'll definitely do a reorder to fill to fill all of our orders. We want want this hat out there, man. This thing is pretty sharp looking. Yeah, very very cool. It's black with a white front, and then our awesome logo die cut on it. So it's really cool. And anyone that orders one, we'll get a Outlaw Blitz guy signed copy of our. Of they our were going like hotcakes at yeah, the show, great. man. You see, listen, paper airplanes everywhere. <laughs> People wanted them, though. They stopped and they, they asked did. For they them. wanted them. It was Your good. Voice went up. It, it was, was good. good. All right, so enjoy it. Uh, first up will be Seth Turner, and then we break into Bushwhacker Luke, Brian Liston, um, Mike Falvo, Mike Falvo, then our boy Scott. Dave Dwindell, and then last but not least, uh, Rita Marie. Rita Marie, no, and then oh, and Bud Carson, and Bud Carson, and unfortunately, Bud Carson got cut off because his table got very crowded for autograph people buying stuff. Yep. So he ran out of time. We'd love to have him back on because man, the amount of stuff he acquired, and you'll hear it in the short version of what he had. Yeah. All right, so here's here's our stuff. Enjoy. All right, and we're back in again with Seth Turner, president. Of the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Seth, welcome aboard. Well, it's great to be here with you gentlemen today. He Blake. turned heel on us, though. He did. You answered the challenge, though. I challenged you when you're here, so well, well done. I'm glad that you guys are here. When I look around the room and I see the Rock and Roll Express over on one end of the room, and I've got Bushwhacker Luke on the other end of the room, and I've got Sonny and Manny Fernandez and place is filled i cannot believe i said this to george ronnie garvin looks like he can go right now that yeah, man that is guy's in incredible shape. shape how about bushwhacker luke that man has been <laughs> wrestling for over six decades that's he crazy. started in 1962 and he looks like he's in great condition and he went bumping last night like a madman. It was great. He gave us a hell of a plug this morning. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you, know, you got here early. The early bird gets the worm. You guys were here. You were set up. And I said, let's go. How uh, how crazy has this week been for you? Uh, three, four hours of sleep a night tops. My brain going nonstop because you're always worrying about answering questions, making sure you've got the details. Because if you don't have it all buttoned up, this could be a monumental failure. Imagine if you didn't have the 8x10s to sell and you've got right. people here to autograph. Imagine yeah. if you don't have the posters to advertise or uh, right. making sure that there's flights that are lined up, who's picking who <laughs> up at the airport, who's dropping people off, who needs to get over to the wrestling arena. Um, and don't forget, I am married with two teenage daughters and I run a <laughs> school district. Yes, it's a real full-time <laughs> job on top of yeah. it. 
Well, I hope you got a well-deserved vacation or at least a couple uh, days off planned after this is all done. I can't wait to get back to work so I can go on. <laughs> so <I laughs> it's it's like a now. vacation, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we know you're a man about... Uh, you've been running around like a madman since you got since we got here this morning. Um, you've seen it firsthand. I have. Yeah. Yep. Give us a, give us one good plug before you got to go. Well, first of all, let's let's talk and go back. We go back, my God, twenty plus years yeah. at this point. I had uh, you know both of your uh, children as, as students, and I'm so proud of the work that we did at that time in the great community of Saugerties. I, I can't say enough good thing about the people there. Um, your children were, were just all stellar, stellar students. Uh, um, but it's great that we're here today. We're, 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 we're enjoying this. We get to see what it means for so many people. That's what it is about, about the young man maybe in a wheelchair or the uh, 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 adults who perhaps have special needs. Sure. But yep. they are part of a community. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what's in pro wrestling. We don't care if you're a giant, a midget, whether you're a <laughs> right. uh, you know, right. tag team. We don't care. Texas Deathmatch yeah. is room for everyone. They don't care about gender orientation whatever right. else it's been going on and that's even tonight we're recognizing andy kaufman with the excelsior <laughs> award yeah. who, who back in the early 80s was doing intergender championship wrestling <laughs> i mean that's right so just you know that's one of the things that that's great about pro wrestling there is room for everyone there's uh, uh multiple generations uh doesn't you know your grandmother could have been the biggest wrestling fan in the family and often right. was yeah that's very true so especially italian grandmas loved bruno <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> mind it yeah and before you run off because we know you're very busy what's we all have been talking about the the one match that pulled you in and made you a super fan does one stick out uh yeah, without question, because it happened when cable TV was first being brought about in upstate New York, and that cable box got hooked up to our television, and I happened to see the Wild Samoans on television, and when and they were going against the Moondogs, and <laughs> when you live in upstate New York, you never saw anyone that looked like nope. the Wild Samoans, no, <laughs> and so I was glued to the television thinking, you know, there they were with Captain Lou Albano, and they're gnawing on a raw fish or bone or whatever yeah. was going on, or, yep. uh, or the Moondogs had the bone, and, and these guys were aliens for a, a little kid in upstate New York, right. and that's, sure. that, that's what started the intrigue, and uh, yeah, here we are today. <laughs> enjoying every minute of it. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm, I, I love looking around the room, seeing the connections, the relationships that are taking place, uh, the camaraderie. It's great to see all the wrestlers come together and the jokes, the stories, the way they make fun of each other. Oh, yeah. And, but they love each other, and, and you see it deep down to the Bill Laughter completely disarmed me with <laughs> such a level of familiarity. With five minutes later, hey, Highland, do you happen to have... Yeah. I'm like... Wow. Like, and, and, and people might not know the name Bill after until we, you realize it. you were literally surrounded by his work, uh, his artwork, his writing right. throughout our li lives. Yeah. Every time you walked into the store, there was the Bill after magazine right, right yes. on the magazine rack. Every yep. time you're checking out at the checkout counter, there they were. Yeah. Before yeah. Meltzer, there was Bill after, and he's yeah. still a presence. It's, it's awesome to see such an array of of legends in That's this room. It's, it's wild. And how about the Bill After one-man show last night? If, if, if anybody, if you ever have an opportunity to go see something like that, go. Get, get your tickets. That was awesome. Well, once we wind up here, we're going to go back, get get changed, come back, and experience one heck of a dinner tonight. Yeah, Can't and wait. we just want to express our gratitude. Excellent job you've done here as wrestling fans uh, to put this together and just overall 
what an awesome deal it is to have international wrestling, not just WWE, all forms of wrestling being recognized. Great job. Congratulations. Everything's going great. Thanks, George. Thanks, Highland. You guys uh, keep it going with the Outlaw Blitz. Absolutely. And that's a sweet hat you're wearing, Highland. <laughs> I got to get me one of those. <laughs> all right, brothers. Thanks, have a great Thank day. Thank you. Thank yep. you. What name do you go on? Um, my name is Highland. I go, I'm Winnie. That's GMAC. Winnie and GMAC. Yes, Winnie sir. and GMAC, and we are Winnie here. Winnie and Pooh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. We are here today with Bushwhacker Luke. Luke, welcome to the show. Whoa, g'day, mateys. It's bloody good to be on your show. And that, and uh, people out there, you've got to listen to Outlaw Blitz Podcast. It's the hottest thing in the country today. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you. it. Listen, we saw you last night at the uh, show over at the Water Elite Dome. And my question for you is... What keeps you going after all these years? What I mean, keeps you're still you going? Out. What keeps you going? I think if I stopped doing what I'm doing now, my whole body would seize up. My mind would go first because I've been in this business now. This is my seventh decade. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's a long time, mate. And, um, and recently in Wikipedia, they had the longest guys still in ring, you know, uh, this year. And um, the great Koji- Kojika from Japan... He was number one, and they had me as number two. Now, I don't know. There must be other people my age, at my age in it, but um, that's what they quoted on Wikipedia. Hey, it's in my blood. I've been doing it since 1962, wow. and I love doing it. And I think when I stop doing it, you know, that's, then I'll be on my downhill slide, <laughs> which I don't want that bloody downhill slide. I want to stay young. As my dad would say, full of spunk and vinegar. Nice. Uh, you made a very great uh, memory for a whole bunch of kids last night. That was awesome to see. Yeah, that's what I do most every night. I work in the ring. I bring out the kids. I had a bit of trouble with the rails last night. As you, <laughs> you <can> sure see. <laughs> I went to so many rails to pull open and let them through. And that, but it was, um, anyhow, I got some kids out there. Some big kids too, as yep. you saw. Yep. And that, and um, hey. That's what keeps this gimmick going. You know, people people don't remember the wrestling part of it. They remember the character. Right. Absolutely. And I remember. the bushwhacker character was the arm swinging and the head licking. Now, due to COVID, I had to X the head licking. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be saying that I'm spreading the virus. <laughs> now, there's definitely a stark contrast between... The sheep herders and the bushwhackers. Yeah, that's, there was a big contrast. And, and the first thing was when I walked in the dressing rooms, all the wrestlers, especially the older ones, they said, how can you go from being one of the most bloodthirsty, vicious tag teams, which was hardcore before hardcore became a name brand, to doing, the, to doing what you're doing today? And I said, that was easy. Dollars. Yeah. In NWA, <laughs> we were wrestlers. WWE... But WWF, celebrities. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a big thing. You know, marketing, <laughs> so Vince marketed those days. You know, we'd go to dinners and for toys, dinners for different things apart from wrestling. You know what I mean? Right, yep. And he got us out there and on television shows too. One of the notorious ones was Regis and Kathy Lee, who she, she wrote in a book that we... Uh, Butcher myself and Rick Rude were the nastiest guys they ever had. 
That's yeah. that's awesome. Well, listen, we know you got a big day ahead of you to sign. We a appreciate big, big day, and I'm right here now for International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which has just re- reopened up, and that, and we all hope that this will start getting noticed all around the world. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time out to talk with us today. We're going to come see you later once you're uh, in line. and Rocking and rolling. Absolutely. How are you feeling today? How am I feeling? <laughs> I haven't felt myself yet. <laughs> hey, Luke, now thank you, you so any, much. You need to ask the girls about that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for your time, It's buddy. great to be here with you guys. And folks out there, don't forget the Outlaw Blitz podcast, the hottest things in North America. Whoa. <laughs> thanks, thanks buddy. again, Luke. All right, and we are live with another Saugerties resident. We are. Brian Liston, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. So what brings you up to Albany today? Well, I'm a longtime wrestling fan. I have been since 1993, so I've heard about the the International Wrestling Hall of Fame, and I figured it would be a great idea to to check it out. First time time, uh, conference person. All right, and who's your favorite wrestler? That's a tough one. For me, it'd be Brett the Hitman Hart or like an Adam Cole. All right, so your back-in-the-day guy would be the Hitman, and today, modern day, would be Adam Cole, baby. Absolutely. Nice. Are you going to the dinner tonight, too? I am indeed. Excellent. Did you find your VIP pass? <laughs> or they make you a new one? <laughs> they made me a new one. Um, a funny story about that. I, um, I was in my hotel room, and I... Um, I went to sleep, and then from one one thing happened, and it ended well, up in Sonny's backpack. What? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. I'm gonna call her over here and find out. I gotta I gotta know this story now. That's awesome. <laughs> so so we have we have a uh, a um, a question today that uh, if you can tell us who won the battle royal last night, you win a free. Chimpanzee service T-shirt, courtesy of Eric Sudo, our sponsor, our sponsor for the event. I think it was Puff. There it is. You ding, are ding, correct. Ding. Give him the free shirt, buddy. What side? We got X. I think there's an XL there. You want an XL um, or a... yeah? XL works. There it is. There it is. There we go. We got our uh, first nice. winner of a nice chimpanzee service. Did you see the awesome logo on the back? Oh. Check it out, man. There's a killer logo. Winnie will show it up for you. Look at that. Oh, wow. There you go. Very nice. Now you got something Very to sport nice. around. Mm-hmm. There so, you go. What, um, is there a single, like, so everybody says there's, you know, you, you start watching wrestling for a reason, and there's something that drew you in. To me, it was Snooka jumping off the cage on a Morocco. Mm. What was the match that brought you in and made you love wrestling? I think it was more... If I had to pinpoint one match, I would have to see the latter match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. I mean, the drama there, the story there. Plus, I also think that the uh, Hart, I mean, Bret Hart and the late Owen Hart was another one. Yep. Yep. Um, Two great WrestleMania 10 matches right there. Oh, absolutely. My first, um, actually, my first um, time watching WWE pay-per-view was um, at Survivor Series 93 from the Boston Garden. Oh, okay. really? Oh, yeah. Wait. Did Money Inc. have a team in that one? No, they didn't. Oh. That, that would be last year in 1992. Gotcha. Okay. This is when um, 
This is after Ted DiBiase lost to Razor Ramon in SummerSlam. Okay. Now, I, I got a, a more serious question. Hmm? Did Brett screw Brett? I don't think so. You think Vince I, did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I agree with that. Yeah, um, what did... My my standout Bret Hart match was him and Stone Cold WrestleMania 13. Oh yeah, that was a great yes. match. That's probably one of the most underrated matches in in uh, wrestling history. Oh yeah, I mean although you can also look at Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 8 as yep. another one. And if you want to look at it from, and I know it's been done before, Rock versus Cena twice in a lifetime. I was at Rock Cena one. Oh. In Miami. Yep. Yep. That was that was probably awesome. That was pretty cool. I was at the um I was at the uh, WrestleMania previous at uh, WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. Yep. Oh. I mean, and I had been to WrestleMania 29 uh, after that, and oh, in New York City, yes. down at uh, MetLife Met Stadium. Stadium. Yep. yep. So you saw Roxena too. I saw Roxena one. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, what's your favorite part of being from Saugerties? I think my favorite part from being in Saugerties, besides the wrestling community, is also the community in general, but I think that the arts community is, is another thing that I, that I like about being from Saugerties. I mean, there's a lot of great, um, there's a lot of great um, uh, artists there, there, Mikhail Horowitz, Carol Saloom, um, Barbara Bravo, among others. Most people may not realize that I'm also not only a wrestling fan, but I'm also an artist, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, a local artist drew our character picture there that we gave you. Oh, you know nice. Mike Laparuda? Hmm? Mike Laparuda. He's a local artist. He works for DC Comics and um, what's the other one? Marvel? Marvel, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a drawer for those guys. And he's right from Mount Marion, went to Sargis High School. Actually graduated with, we graduated with your brother Tommy. Yep, 1994. Yeah, that is it. Um, did you follow the Stallions this season? St Sargis Stallions? Yes. Yeah, I, I have. Um, they're champions, right? That's right. <laughs> I'm not much of a I'm not much of a baseball fan, but when it comes to the Stallions, yeah, if I'm you're from Saugerties, you kind of go in there. Of course, you got to make that exception for the Stallions. Of course. Of so, course. who are you most excited to see here today? Hmm. I mean, we we know you saw Sunny last night, so. Yep, we saw Sunny. <laughs> we saw Sunny last no, no, night. No, no, no. No, you saw Sunny because she has your VIP pass, so that's totally different. <laughs> We're saying, who are you most um, excited to see now? Um, Rock and Roll Express, um, Virgil, um, but I, but most people may not realize that I actually saw Bushwhacker Luke as he was coming in here. Yeah, he came over and did a really good interview with us when he came in. Mm. What did you did you talk to Virgil yet? I actually did. Yeah, I I, I talked to him as he um, as he came in, as he came in too. It was, um, I was um, I was with um, I was with a group of friends that I that I had just met. <laughs> no, it sounds a little Re bit No, but re re wrestling guys, yep. Yep. And I actually saw Virgil, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this is my first time uh, doing a wrestling convention and a wrestling um, a wrestling convention, yep. so I'm just kind of starstruck. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool to rub elbows with these kind of guys. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, what's the big plans after the dinner tonight? You going out and tearing it up? What are you doing? Are you going dancing with Sonny? What are you doing? <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm going sunny. Um, probably, um, probably relaxing, um, gearing up for the uh, breakfast that's coming up on Sunday, yep. which I'll be a part of. Did you get a room right here? Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, not far to go. No. Mm-hmm. You can stagger down the stairs. <laughs> you know, Brian, they say there are sunny days ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hey, we thank you for stopping by and coming on. Uh, it's awesome to see somebody from our hometown. Yeah, at definitely, bro. Absolutely. And we'll and see you tonight at the dinner. Absolutely. Can't wait. All, All right, right buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, and we're back again. Another cut in. Perfect. Filling time. Yeah. Filling the airwaves. Did you attend last night's show? I did, actually, and I was very well-dressed for it. It was a, it was a great show. Yes, you were very well-dressed for it. Thank now, you. I, now you said that. I'm like, yes, he was. <laughs> state your name and tell us your background for our crowd. Well, my name is Mike Falvo. I am a, a ring announcer, sports announcer, you name it. But also for this weekend, I am the media guy, the media director for the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So... We helped set all this up for you guys, and, uh, you know, so far it has been a great event. You know, looking around the room, I mean, we got the Rock and Roll Express is over here. Virgil is over in the corner. Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin just walked in a few minutes ago. Sonny is here. James J. Dillon is here. Bill Apter is here. I mean, it's if you're not here, why? Right, Who, right. I mean, what else do you have to do on a Saturday? Who needs to mow their lawn on a Saturday exactly. when you can be here? I am. We are both in com- complete and utter shock. At how good of shape rock, rugged Ronnie Garvin is in. That man looks like he is ready to go now. I don't want to tangle. I didn't want to tangle with him when he wrestled, and I sure right. as hell don't want to tangle with him now. No. Not at all. So what was your overall take of last night's event? I think it went off really well. I think it was a fantastic event. Everybody, you know, all the, all the boys and girls in the back put on a hell of a show. From the opening match, from the dark match, through the Battle Royal, which was fantastic, by the way. Puff, man. Looking oh, like the Matrix out there. I, you know, I said to a friend of mine, my brother was there with me, and, you know, I said to him, I was, we were watching him do the Matrix thing, and I'm like, that is one flexible man. Yo, for real. And, you know, I, I love Puff. I love watching him work. I mean, he, he's a large man. Yep. He is. If anybody has seen him, they will agree with me. Uh, but, you know, the, his flexibility was absolutely amazing. And it was just, it was a great match to watch. And then all up through the main event, you know, with uh, local boy Fox Vineyard got in the ring and yep. fought for the championship. It was a great night all around. No, definitely. And came together quickly after the cancellation of the first show. Right. You know, Seth right. was worried. He had messaged me saying it was canceled. And says, but I think there's something else in the works. And within two days... I know. It was know, up and advertised. So, I mean, good job to New York Championship Wrestling. That was awesome. I mean, it, initially, I got a text from Seth, and all it said was, we have a problem, dot, oh. dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. You know, I get on the phone, and he kind of described what happened, and then I said, okay, how are we going to – is there any way we can salvage this? You know, because as a media guy, that is my first instinct. How can we save this? Can we save this? Yeah. Right. Um you know, and then he said, well, this group is going to step up. And, you know, New York Championship Wrestling, they stepped up and they knocked it out of the park last night. Absolutely. Now, are you going to MC tonight? or I am. I'm hosting tonight. Uh, I'm, well, I'm hosting the event. Bill After and J.J. Dillon are emceeing. So they'll, gotcha. I will introduce them. They'll kind of take the reins from there. And then myself and another member of the Hall of Fame, we're going to be introducing the, um, I'm trying to think of how they put it, like the, uh, the le- you know, the, the legends from the origination of the business right, right. and, you know, so on and so on. But it's going to be a great night. You know, we're, we're here all day, all afternoon. Right. So come on down. You know, it's, uh, what is it, $25 to get in, I believe. Yep. yep. Come on down. It's going to be a great afternoon. We're going to have more legends are going to be showing up. It's going to be fantastic. Now, we've been asking everybody that's come through and um, 
you always have that one moment as a as a wrestling fan that kind of sealed the deal for a certain match. My personal one was Snuka onto Morocco off the cage in the garden. Oh, that's a lot for everybody. What do you have one that stands out in your mind? Randy Savage's debut. Really? Randy Savage's debut, Matt. I believe it was Madison Square Garden. I can't remember who he wrestled, uh, but it was. I remember watching it because you know I grew up early to mid '80s was when I really came into wrestling. Right. And being from upstate New York, we had the Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah. Network. Yep, yep. And I remember random nights. We'd be putting on the Madison Square Garden Network, and my dad used to get mad because my dad was a Knicks fan. Yeah. yeah. So he'd go to put on a Knicks game, and he's like, oh, my God, why is wrestling on? I thought the Knicks were playing. And I remember watching it one night, and I saw Savage come down in that long that long robe he used to wear. Yep. Almost looked like a glittery poncho. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He came down, and just his intensity. I was. I said to myself, I was like, who is that guy? And I loved it. And then a few weeks later, my father had brought me to my first show in Utica at okay. the Utica Auditorium. Savage was on the card. Awesome. Oh, nice. Savage was on the card, and I got to see Randy Savage six times after that. Wow. At the Utica Auditorium. He loved coming through Utica. I saw him twice as the heavyweight champion, once as the intercontinental champion, and then three times just on it with, you know, no, yeah. like no the champion. macho king. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it didn't hit me until just recently. I went and I checked the card for some of the shows that he worked, and one of the shows that he worked was against Harley Race. Wow. King. King. I wonder if that King was during the whole King, King gimmick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The King versus King. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't get it. You know, I was right. like 9, 10 years old. I didn't fully understand, like, who Harley Race was. So I'm like, oh, okay, he's wrestling King Harley right. Race, yada, yada, yada. I didn't think anything of it. Now that I've gotten older and I've learned who Harley Race is, I'm like, right. oh, my God, I witnessed history. Yeah. You know, and it just completely blew my mind. But Randy Savage was the guy that did it for me. One yeah. thing, being from the East, and the Northeast, as a kid, you didn't realize that territorial wrestling was still a thing. So Exactly. If you didn't know, if you knew about the M the NWA, you were lucky enough to know about Ric Flair and Harley Race and, and Dusty Rhodes and those guys. But up here, it was WWF. Oh, oh no, I was no, brand right. loyal. So when yeah. they brought Harley Race in and Dusty Rhodes in, like, I didn't know about hard times. Right. I didn't know about the St. Louis in, in Kansas City and Harley Race. I knew about... Oh, he wears polka dots and he dances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not until later on in life did you realize, yeah. like, holy shit, wrestling actually happens outside the Northeast. I mean, the man wore polka dots, but he made it work. He, he made it work. Absolutely did. Uh, you know, I rem that's funny you mentioned that because when I was growing up, you know, we used always used to have 605 on Saturday night. TBS yep. was the Superstation. Uh, yeah, Superstation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at first it was the NWA and then it moved on to WCW. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, like my, my friends would be like, come on, we're going to watch, uh, you know, Saturday night or we're going to watch this or that. And I was like, nah, come on. I'm a WWF guy. Come on. I was I brand loyal. It. I couldn't watch yeah. the other stuff. But now, you know, you have the chance to go back and watch all these great matches. I mean, I sat down just a few days ago before coming here, and I watched, you know, uh, you know, I watch Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express go toe-to-toe, yeah. go -to -toe, and I'm like, this was fantastic. These guys were fantastic. Nobody can sell. Even last night, nobody sells like Ricky Morton. Oh, no. I, he, still, I still owe that man a sack of 50s, by the way. <laughs> I kind of painted myself into a corner, but... He, uh... Yeah, he, he would take the absolute ass-beating of a lifetime, and Robert Gibson comes into the hot tag to save the day. Oh, yeah. But to watch them still doing it in their 60s, 
and he says, I'm not slowing down. And Robert Gibson said, I'm not slowing down anytime soon. They love it. That, oh, yeah. That was not. a hell of a finish last night for oh, a guy of that age. He, it he, was. He said he, was. he said he set the indoor attendance record now for Canadian destroyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, shifting – did you have something else to No, there? no, no. no. Uh, I was going to say, shifting gears a little bit. Sure. Media manager, uh, do you announce for any other sport – teams or anything like that? Yes, I do, actually. I'm actually wearing my UAlbany shirt right now. I do uh, uh, various sports for UAlbany, uh, women's soccer, women's volleyball. It's, you know, we're getting into fall, so this winter, hopefully I'll be back on the court doing uh, UAlbany women's basketball. This December, I will be announcing at the Times Union Center for the Albany Firewolves of the National Lacrosse League. Oh, okay, nice. So if you don't have tickets for them, you can get there. You can get tickets through the website, albanyfirewolves.com. Okay. Uh, you know, and I also do pro boxing, pro wrestling, mixed martial arts. Um, I'm trying to work my way into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling okay. for various, various events. That hasn't worked so far. Uh, but I got my start doing basketball. Okay. Doing, uh, you know, high school basketball, college basketball at RPI, UAlbany. And I've announced for the Albany Patroons here in town at the Washington Avenue Armory. And I, you know, I won a championship with the Albany Empire from the Arena Football League, not okay. the newest iteration of the Empire. I, I went that year when they won the championship. Yep. They're like two, 19, 2019 or 18? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. 2018 was our first season. So uh, some killer NXT shows, by the way, at the Armory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They definitely were. I, I I believe your voice. I'm like this. I know I heard this guy. It has to be from the Empire. Yeah, has to be that from was, the Empire. That was me. Like it's funny because I run into a lot of people and they tell me, "You sound really familiar." And I say, "Well, did you go to any Albany Empire games?" Yes, I did. I was like the guy you heard yelling into the microphone. That was me. Yeah, that's no, awesome. No, no, no. It couldn't be. You also like, awesome. no, that's me. I also get a little Joey Styles. Look, yes, yes. He could be. <laughs> I get a little Joey Styles. He could be. That's, that's one guy I definitely want to sit and meet, so I haven't had the chance to yet. So if you had, what, what would be your dream event to call? I, I think anybody that gets into this business, their dream event is main event WrestleMania. Yeah. Hands down, no question. I don't care what company you work for or who you, you, know, who you announce for. If you get the phone call from Stamford, Connecticut, and they're like, hey, we, uh, we want you to come out and call WrestleMania. You're going. You're, you're going. going. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, you are a fool, plain and simple. All right, yeah. so... Vince and Jesse, Gorilla and Bobby. Gorilla and Bobby. Stop. Not even right JR. There. No, okay. Yeah, Gorilla no, I agree. I agree. No, no, don't get me wrong. JR. Gorilla and Jesse were a good combo, too. They were. Gorilla and Lord Alfred were also very good. Yeah. They were. They were. But if I had to pick, it, you know, it would be Gorilla and Bobby. Just their chemistry was unquestionable. Yeah. But not only that, they were. Personally, you know, off the mic, they were so close. It came came across. Right. They were always on the same page. Oh, yeah. The ultimate heel to his his face. Uh, Gorilla would come out with body parts that don't exist. And you got (laughs) to absolutely love it. I actually, I had a conversation with my older brother. And we were talking about that same exact topic. And I told him, I said, wait a minute, I have to find out what this is. And I looked up occipital protuberance. protuberance. Thank you. <laughs> the external occipital protuberance. I'm like, is that, a, is that a thing? Solar plexus. 
Yes. Solar plexus. I actually have a T-shirt that says it has an arrow. It has an arrow pointing to, like, your, your stomach. Yeah. And another arrow pointing up. And the arrow pointing down says bread basket. Yeah. And the one pointing up says kisser. And I was like, I got to have it. <laughs> that is I gotta awesome. I got to have it. Yeah, that, that's an awesome shirt. So we've had this debate rate, uh, recently. What do you think Vince does when he's ready, We're, we kind of think he may be ready to sell at some point. Right. Like, if he's not going to turn it over to his family. He built it from the WWF. Right. When it, or WWWF. He right. took it over, made WWF. And we kind of have a feeling he's going to ride out his time, and then that's it. Uh, you know, I'm the kind of guy where I, I, I look at where signs are pointing. Right. And, you know, I don't jump to conclusions. I don't sit here and say, oh, well, this is definitely what's going to happen. But if you look at the signs and what's happening, all signs are pointing to he is preparing to sell the company. I think so as well. When you look at the amount of money that company has generated since the days of Hulk Hogan, since, you know, Randy Savage, and even to, you know, even the days of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, I, I look at it this way. Hogan was the launch point yep. that set the WWE up. Think of it like a rocket. Yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan was the launch, and it just shot to the moon. Austin and The Rock put that company into orbit. Yeah, oh, definitely. In a different orbit above anybody else. Yep. So when you look at what that company has done and you look at where they are now, my opinion, I believe that they're going to sell. Uh, you know, I won't. I, I hope I'm right because I think... You know, well, I don't hope I'm right. Just the, the traditional wrestling fan in me doesn't hope I'm right because I don't want to see somebody like NBC, Disney, and Fox right, right. take yeah, over a professional it. wrestling company. Yeah. You know, even though they sit, they sit back and they say, "Oh, we're, we're an entertainment company." No, you're a professional wrestling company. Admit it. Yeah, and, right. And call it a day. That, yeah, that's part of, part of the issue for me. Uh, I just I don't understand creative the last two or three years. It's, right. it's all these stop-start bookings and um, now the mass firings and the mass of the last two years. Right. Major talent going elsewhere. Mm -hmm. It almost doesn't make sense. Like, what? what is he thinking? Unless it's again, a rebuild. Unless it's a rebuild or But if unless... you look at the bottom financial line, they are making bank every quarter. It doesn't matter. They make money. Right. Uh, you know, when you look at the mass firings, and this is a little... Bit, uh, little bit business clinic, if you will. Um, that is usually the first sign a company is going to sell. Yeah. They go through and they do mass cuts, Brian. and that's in order to make the company more pro seem more profitable. If they're not spending X amount of dollars on no. this person or this department, they yeah. merge departments. They released a ton of, I think the number is somewhere fifty talent. The, in the last, yeah, two, two in, years. In the, in the last, been. yeah. A ridiculous amount of time. I mean, guys like Braun Strowman. Right. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Yes. Braun Strowman, you know. And, and you even, look at Bray Wyatt. He was a merchandise mover. He was. The Fiend gimmick was over, you know, and that stuff was selling. It's like, man, you took a guy who was had to be making you money, mm -hmm. and you let him go. Exactly. Now, the thing is, AEW cannot possibly pick everybody up. No. So... I don't know. The wrestling landscape right now is at a point where I've never seen it quite like this. 
there are so many places for these guys to go and work now. Oh, yeah. Competition is great. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah, it brings it back to when it was WCW, WWE, and ECW. And see, You're getting some options again. And oh, yeah. You, and you see cooperation, cooperation between Cer- yeah. rival companies, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which is something you would have never seen, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. No, exactly. I mean, the business is booming. I mean, it, it's a great time to be a professional wrestling fan because, like you said, you have WWE, you have AEW. Impact Wrestling, you know, you have New Japan that has been around forever, which in in my mind is a hidden gem Yeah, as yeah. far as professional wrestling goes. And you have all these talent that are leaving the WWE and realizing, you know, okay, you know, yeah, it may be tough for a little while, but I have all these options. I can run the independent circuit and make decent money. Yeah. I can, I mean, look at uh, Matt Cardona. Oh, killing it right now. I was now. just going to say. Killing it in GCW. Yeah. Always ready. <laughs> Always ready. Uh, but when he it, won that title... He released no less than 10 new T-shirts. Oh, easily. Well, he was a huge merchandise mover for WWE. He was. Like, every woman and kid had something of Zack Ryder's Had a woo-woo-woo oh, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that almost shows you, like, he was self-made, and I don't think mm-hmm. they like that. No. They want you to be made by them. Yep. It's tough. It is tough. Um, so, who, who are you most excited to kind of chop it up with here today? Uh, you know, the, the, the great thing is I've had the chance to kind of chop it up with everybody last night. I talked, you know, I sat and I talked with Ricky Morton for about 45 minutes pre-show last night, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to talk with Robert Gibson a little bit. I want to I want to talk with Ronnie Garvin. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. JG Dillon is another one I want to I want to talk to later. Um, you know, I have the the pleasure of working with Bill After later on tonight. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm a journalist by trade, so I want to be able to sit down with Bill and talk about some of his experiences. I mean, really, I can look around the room and just say, you know, I want to talk to that person, right, that person, right. that person. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting Tito Santana. He's going to be here today. <laughs> yeah. He was on the call. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to announce for her first ever signing, the first female referee in the history of WWF. Rita Marie is in the house. So please give her a big round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. She's located between Ronnie Garvin and Rock and Roll Express. Rita is from the Capital District. She is a good friend of mine for well over 30 plus years. And I'm so glad we got her to come out to be part of the Hall of Fame, where she'll be accepting the Trailblazer Award later today, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Please, another big round of applause for Rita Marie. Stop down and see her. Absolutely. It seems to really be picking up in we'll here We'll give now. her an applause, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait a minute. I didn't get that kind of ovation. What the hell? Hold on. Well, Wait, on let, on the hear. exit, we'll give you that one. Oh, all right. I, I appreciate that. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tito Santana later on today because, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted, Seth Turner. Um, <laughs> Tito was on the card of my very first show, like the, the show that – introduced me to professional wrestling he was on the card and i really wanted you know i really want to meet him and even though the man's heard it a thousand times yeah yeah uh you know still it'd it'd be a really cool moment for me we saw him at a show about four or five years ago yeah he still looked pretty in pretty decent show yeah Yeah, he's a uh he's a teacher now if i'm not mistaken yeah somewhere in jersey i I, jersey a little bit about it i believe he's like a history teacher or something you know he's one of the probably the hottest wrestlers at a time that never really had a run. Oh, no. He had his IC title run, but that back when that belt was going to be the one to set you up for the main event. 
Right. Yeah. But he never did move on. It was him and Valentine, him and Savage. Right. Right. And then Savage is the first one to really take that and elevate it to I'm now the heir apparent to the throne. Exactly. But he always had good pop. My point being, he always had good pops. Yeah. Oh, You're yeah. always thinking, like, when's he going to just break into that, you know? And great yeah. tag teams. Yeah. Can he, he connection. Was, he was a long-time uh, fan favorite. Strike Force. Yeah. Long-time fan long time favorite. Long-time fan favorite. Yep. Riba. <laughs> I mean, he, he was the kind of guy I always remembered. You know, he came out with, uh, uh, you know, in the tag team, the Can-Am connection, and he worked uh, uh, He worked as the Matador for a long yeah, time. Yeah, the like, Matador. Yeah. No matter what he did, the folks, the people loved him. Except for Jesse the Body, Chico Santana. Oh, my God, always. <laughs> Hit him with the flying burrito. Yeah. <laughs> the shit that they would say on the radio, the shit they said on TV and back then, is not no. going to be, uh, you know, air-friendly today. No, not no. at all. But oh. I think that was part of Jesse's, like, charm and gimmick right there. It was. There. It sure was. <laughs> yeah, so, no, thank you for stopping by. We Absolutely. appreciate it, man. We'll definitely be uh, checking you out. Hopefully, you know, we catch up to you in some other events. Uh, you know, my, my September is jam-packed, if I can. Shameless plug, do you mind? Sure, no, no, go ahead. On. Uh, you can find me on social media at Mike A. Falvo. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, I, I have Snapchat. I don't use it, but I have it. Mostly because my daughter likes to use the little filters sure. that are on yep, there. She yep, likes absolutely. to see herself as like a taco for some reason. Yep. So <laughs> you can find me there. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. You can get samples of all my work, my basketball, wrestling, uh, mixed martial arts. Next weekend, I'll actually be refereeing. I'm putting on the stripes. Oh, really? Nice. I'll be refereeing at World of Hurt Wrestling at the Vermont State Fair in Rutland, Vermont. That weekend, I get to come back home, and I get to call the America East preseason volleyball tournament. Oh, cool. So the funny thing is, next Friday, I'm calling a volleyball game at 11. I'm going to referee matches that night, driving back to Albany for Saturday and Sunday, six volleyball games over the span of a weekend. The jack of all trades here. <laughs> the weekend of the 18th, I'll be in Kennedy, Harry, New York at Immortal Championship Wrestling with the big guy Ryback is going to be in the house. Oh, Sweet. wow. Ryback is going to be there. Oh, and we just announced a couple of days ago, Teddy Long, guest GM. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, somebody's going one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. I know I know they are. And it's going to be a big eight-man tag or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. Then September 25th, I'll be in Woonsocket, Rhode Island at New World Wrestling Extreme making my ring announcing debut. Uh, September 11th, I, I got to dial back, back to this, yeah. circle back. September 11th, I will actually be at the Rivers Casino and Resort for Cage Wars 48 Mixed Martial Arts. You can oh, get nice. tickets, cagewarsmma.com or at the Rivers Casino and Resort website. Tickets are on sale. Those go very fast. Yeah. Those go very fast. So if you get the chance, get your tickets for any and all of those. Come by, say hi, I'll be there. Uh, but more importantly, I will be here at the Desmond Hotel all day long with the legends of the business. We're still here. The place is picking up. Vendors are coming in, setting up uh, their, you know, selling their wares, if you will. It's going to be a great afternoon. So if you get a chance, stop mowing your lawn. Stop watering the grass. Walk in the dog. Whatever it is you do on a Saturday, come on down. Spend your afternoon with some wrestling legends. Absolutely. Mike, thanks for stopping on. But Gentlemen, we really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It was awesome, buddy. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right, and we're back in again. Another awesome uh, interview we're going to have here. We got last night's security guard. He protected the outlaw blitz last he did. night. He watched our watched our stuff so we can go try to mingle a little bit. What's your name? Yeah, yeah and you guys couldn't bring me anything back. How rude. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we, I thought he brought you some stickers. We only went to get stickers and uh, a business card. <laughs> well, we got a lot today, so. 
<laughs> so, uh, what? State your name. Uh, name is Scott. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. Are you from the area? Uh, I live up in Glowsville, New York, which is up by Amsterdam. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, what was your favorite match last night? I'd probably have to go with the Battle Royal. Yeah, that was pretty cool, right? Yeah. That dude to be that big, that guy puff, and not go down. That was amazing to me. My, he my was knees lucky hurt. I didn't jump in and go after him. That's <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. My knees hurt watching him. That's all I could tell you. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Uh, so we, we've discussed this. We've asked everybody that's come on. What was the one, like, everybody has that one match that really drew you into wrestling. What was the one match that, like, set, set it apart for you? Oh, my God. I think I'm going to have to delve back several years. Do you guys remember the, the old Undertaker versus Undertaker? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Change yeah. Brian Lee. Yeah. I think that was probably, you know, I kind of watched a little bit of wrestling beforehand, but I think just watching that match was probably what set it off for me. And then, by God, the Attitude Era. Ooh, boy, did I love that one. Yeah. So who were some of your personal favorites? Uh, what, of like all time? or any Yeah, all, all time. Uh, well, Taker would have to be definitely top of the list there. I was a big Austin fan. Uh, Shawn Michaels. I, I love that whole pretty boy gimmick that he did. Freaking great. Um, if I ever get back in the ring and try to do some kind of a gimmick. Wait, wait, wait. You wrestled? Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, hold on now. How'd you skip over all that? Uh, yeah. Because... The gimmick was something you guys are going to freaking rip me new a-hole for. Well, what is it? Come on. I Obviously, your fans are not going to be able to see it, but I got a picture on my phone. Um, I went by the gimmick name Baby Gooey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try to pull up a picture for you guys. Why, why am I feeling like a Bastion Booger-esque? It, no, no. Wait. It, all I got to say is just wait to see. All right. So many damn pictures in here and so many places to find it. While you're looking, what did you think of the, uh, the return of CM Punk? I didn't actually get to watch it, but the fact that... He decided to come back. I thought it was great. If he wants to, I mean, I know he had a falling out with WWE yeah. night, but hey, whatever he decides to do, that's on him. So I think it's a great thing. Yeah, the fans were rabid when he came out. I've, I've never heard a pop like that. Yeah, Tony Khan did it right. He you know, brought him back in Chicago. Did you see what they left as? Oh, that's awesome with... Oh, oh, that's cool. I did a show with him out in uh, Bennington, Vermont, a couple of years ago. Nice. Now, he's a local boy, too, Glens Falls. Yes. Did you see when CM Punk left, he gave everybody an ice cream bar, CM yes. Punk ice cream bar? That's so cool. I heard about that, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, Baby Gooey. Is that what it was? Yeah. Sorry, I'm still trying to look for... It's all right. So, what was your finisher? I actually kind of borrowed a couple of finishers. 
One I borrowed from Rikishi, the, the Sting face. Okay. And the other one I borrowed from uh, Yokozuna, the bonsai drop. Okay. Ooh, that's that's gonna be heavy on your knees, bro. Not too bad. No. Nah. Did you ever venture to the top turnbuckle? Although it has been done, <laughs> this big boy will not do it. I don't blame you. That that's a long that's a long way to fall, man. We, both of us are big guys. There's your guy, I JJ Dillon. JJ, I'll be catching up with him shortly, hopefully. I can't imagine taking that bump, bud. That's that's a fall and a half. And my thing is, I'm not big on heights, so I mean, the travel, the try to get up. You try to get my ass up there to be on that rope. Yep. It's gonna be an adventure in itself. Let me tell you. Have you That's gone? Awesome. Have you gone through a table? No, but I would not mind. Okay. Have you been hit with a kendo stick? Emphatically, no. Do you want to be? Why am I now <laughs> seeing a kendo stick? <laughs> Yeah, his asshole just puckered. He went, uh-oh, there's a candlestick in front of me. <laughs> how long How long did you wrestle for? Uh, I've only done a couple of matches. Uh, nothing big. I'm looking to get back in the ring soon. Did you self-train, or did you did you have somebody teach? Uh, I was taught. Uh, Gorgeous Jerry Idol. Okay. He opened up his school up here in Albany. Uh he brought in a couple of local guys, Vince Beach and Shockwave. Okay. I uh, brought them in the, the train. Uh, Why well, I can't find a good damn picture of me. It's all right. When you catch up to it, just show us later. We're cool. A um, couple of other local indies that I train with, which you guys may have heard of, Christina Marie. Yeah. I train with her. And Rick Recon. I've, yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen Rick Recon's name on the internet. I, I train with both of them. A um, couple of great talents. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching uh, Christina Marie wrestle Deanna Perrazzo a few years ago. There's a big name right now in Impact. Yes. Yep. Uh, women's champion, I believe. Yep. Um, had the pleasure of getting to see that match. Really good match. Um so I, not much to say there. A couple of great young talents right there. Yeah. One of the better matches I thought on the card last night was uh, Rachel Ellering. And um, Tanya. No, no, no. no. Uh, it's on my phone. It's going to kill me because I have her card. Something Bryant. She was great. She was great. I got um, to do it. I got to take my phone. Check down. on your phone. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, that was a hard-hitting match. They went to the outside. I thought the card overall last night was, was a good show. You know, someone here today just asked me about Riley Shepard. Yes, Riley Shepard. Um, yeah, someone here today just asked me what I... Actually, when I was registering for my VIP pass, yep. I, the VP for the Hall of Fame was asking me what I... Considering the circumstances, how I thought the show went off. Honestly, to get a show going that quickly... I mean, there obviously there were a few kinks, but I thought it went over pretty well. Yeah, without a doubt. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, 
you know, you had enough characters, you had enough storyline there, local flavor for the belt at the end. Yeah. You had the Battle Royal, you had a women's match. You know what I mean? It really did a good job. One, one thing I like with indie wrestling, I mean, it, there's good and there's bad, just like everything. But I noticed last night, you got a lot of guys... You know, they're not body guys. They're not bodybuilders. They're not, they don't look like Lex Luger. They didn't fill Luger. out their shorts. Yeah, they didn't out their shorts. <laughs> they don't look, look like Lex Luger out there. And then we have one guy that really filled out his shorts. Yeah. The, little, uh, the little Japanese guy, yeah. Asian guy. The, um, the one thing I noticed, it's kind of a lost art. In, even in pro wrestling, when, they get, when they're going on the TV, when they're going from high spot to high spot to high spot, they don't sell. These guys are really good at selling. Yeah. The, uh, go ahead, go ahead. And you're right, it is a lost art because psychology is such a big part of wrestling that, you know, these guys, and I'm not saying they're bad, but these guys on the big screens, you know, if they get an arm work for several minutes and if they end up winning the match, the referees, they're raising their hand like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Right. God, you just had that arm work. Right. Sell Sell it. it. Sell it. Right. Like modern day tag teams, um, FTR is great at it. Um, You know, I like watching the Young Bucks, but they're a prime example of high spot to high spot to high spot. You just took like a vicious maneuver. Now you're back on the top rope doing something else. It's like, you know, slow it down. You know who did a good job selling last night? Uh, The bartender when he wrestled the security guard. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the IPA guys. Yeah, we 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 were kind of giving everybody our own our own little spin as we were watching. Like the one guy looked like he could definitely be a bartender in an it IPA. It was the guy. Brewery. It was the guy that he, it was a, it was a title fight last night. Was it Johnny K? K? It was Johnny something. Remember he had the he had the K. It was spelled with a K though. Yeah. He had blue tights on. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And he wrestled the kid with the beard. That kid sold really oh, well. Oh, he did. Jimmy he did. Limits. Maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. Jimmy Limits. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. That yep. kid sold really well last night. And, yeah. and the uh, other guy in the, in the Fatal Four Way, well, or was it a Fatal Four Way? It was. Right, first, however, first it ended up, however, yeah. ended up. The one guy when they were doing spots, like I said, not a body guy. That was the one that we were joking, like looking at a Duker in his shorts. Yeah, he did. All right, <laughs> <laughs> could sell like he sold great. Yes, he was great in the ring. My only problem that I had with the whole show, and it's nothing against the guy. But the referee with an eye patch. Yep. How the hell did nobody play on to that? One guy said one thing. The, the top hatter guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I was a heel wrestler in any match, I, right. I would have been walking up to that guy and, like, poking him in the other eye. Well, I even hollered out at one point, use your good eye. <laughs> and people laughed. And it's like, well, why, wasn't, why weren't the heels playing on that? That's what I mean. Right. That's obviously three. You ain't seeing it, you know? <laughs> Listen, I, I look at I look at guys like, like the Rock and Roll Express. Um, you know, Ricky Morton, if you go back in the 80s, in a singles run, was challenging Flair for the NWA title. And that's to me, that's one of the best sellers of all time. He would get his ass whooped, and you thought he was actually going to die in the ring, and then he made a stage comeback. But to get in there and work with these younger guys... You can really tell. You know, he was, they were, they were having a good time. They were yeah. helping them along. And the thing, I didn't quite notice it myself, but one of my friends had seen it. Uh, I, I think they were going up against the stepdads. Yes. Yep. Who were getting bigger pops. 
in the Rock and Roll Express forget. Yeah, no, it was cool. I'm like, oh, I didn't didn't realize it myself, but I'm like, me growing up. I mean, I probably caught the tail end of their yeah. career growing yep. up. Yeah. But I can look at some of these guys and remember growing up and be like, holy. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I, I wrestled on the same show as Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I remember being a kid watching him go, oh. Two by four. Yeah. First ever winner of the Royal Rumble. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he was King Duggan at one point, King of yeah. the Ring winner. And some of, the, some of these kids, you can name off tag teams. You can name off single wrestlers. You can name off anybody from the good old days. Yeah, yeah. And some of these kids are like, who? Yeah, I know. They, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's generational wrestling. But if you're going to be, if you're going to, I feel, if you're going to wrestle, if you're going to wrestle, if you're going to do like you did and actually get in the ring, you need to know your history. Yes, and the, and like you said, and I do agree with you. The psychology of wrestling has dwindled. Yep, you know it's more, and so we've had this debate, and we're on one side of it. What's your opinion? Do you think Vince is angling to sell? It. I'll tell you the truth. I, as far as I'm just getting more back into watching a lot of WWE stuff. And to me, a lot of the stuff that has been going on over several years has been recycled stuff. Yes. Um, so if he thought about selling off, I mean, it'd be kind of a surprise if he didn't try to sell off to Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, but if he just outright sold off and just WWE's gone... I don't think it would surprise me. That's what I say. I said he took the WWF from his dad. Yeah. Made it to WWF. Went from a territory to national. Yep. And then he built this whole thing up. And I think he's going to be the one and the only guy that has the WWE. And I'm sorry to call it entertain, entertainment and wrestlers entertainers. Yes, we entertain. Yes. But we're not entertainers. We're right. wrestlers. Yes. It's not world wrestling entertainment. It's world wrestling. I agree. Uh, my few thoughts on that, I don't know whether or not you want to take it, but that's my thought. No, no, I agree. That's I right. agree. One of the biggest things CM Punk actually said in his return promo was he... He, his career stopped as a professional wrestler when he left Ring of Honor in 2005, and he now returned to professional wrestling in 2021 because he's not a sports entertainer. He's a professional wrestler. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'd like to get back in the ring, I would love to get myself up to that level. Any wrestler would. I'd be stupid to try to argue with you against that. Right. But I, I don't know if I'd ever be able to conform myself to call myself an entertainer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you go there, you're entertaining the crowd, because that's what you do. But ultimately, you're a wrestler. Yes. You know what I mean? But the guys that are both are amazing. Like John Cena, he's an entertainer, 
but he's a wrestler. Yeah. Yes. You know? So the guys that can really, or girls, that can capture that, they're the ones that shoot to the moon. Most definitely, yes. And I'll tell you the truth. Those couple of names that I dropped earlier, Indies, Christina Maria, I'll tell you the truth. Pearl's got a lot of talent. I would not be surprised if you see her in Ring of uh, Ring of Honor still going. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Impact or making her way up to WWE someday. Yeah. She's just good. And yeah, she's no, getting better. Yes. It's it's all about the, the drive and determination, and you got to have some luck and get a break along the way, too. Now, you got to remember, too, like a lot of these indie shows were killed off for COVID. You couldn't go anywhere and get an arena and have people, you know. So now it's just a resurgence. And what a good time to have it because you got all these options to go to. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, we just wanted to bring you in, have some fun with you, bullshit, see what you're up. But you didn't tell us. We didn't know we had a wrestler we did not. protecting us last night. You I, know? Feel, I feel Now I feel even better about the situation. I do, looking too. Looking back at it. And now, you're going to be at the dinner tonight? Yes. Uh, we got our own private security. Then. That's it. Bring me all the beer you want. I'll protect your aces anytime. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's our big guy's birthday, and I'm sure there will be many, many beers had tonight. So We're going to have some for sure, and we'll definitely we'll, we'll crack one. We'll, ha- we'll have a nice cold Steve Weiser tonight in honor of Stone Cold. And in honor of your birthday. And in honor of my birthday. Yeah, screw Steve. <laughs> We're here. He's not. That's yeah. it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Thanks for protecting Thanks, us guys. and being awesome. And uh, We'll see you tonight. Make sure you tune in to the Outlaw Blitz and tell your friends. Will do. Thank All right, you. buddy. Thank Thanks, you. pal. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a picture, though. We'll, we'll put it on our, on our Facebook. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And we're back live again here at the Hall of Fame. Go ahead, Winnie. Welcome aboard. State your name and your profession. Are you talking to me? I am. I am David Dwinell. I've been called lately, which is not true, the legendary referee David Dwinell. And I never considered myself that. Um, And um, I refereed for 32 years, Uh, 20 of those doing shows with the WWF, the NWA, the AWA in New York City area, and traveling the East Coast with a number of um, independents, including NEW, uh, Northeast Wrestling, the original Northeast Championship Wrestling, and the United States Wrestling Federation. And then we found out one other little tidbit of information. You're our neighbor. I am. I'm right down the road in Catskill, New York. And um, love living in the Hudson Valley. And best thing I ever did, put years back of my life coming up here. <laughs> you kind of, you slighted yourself saying not legendary. Listen, 32 years in the wrestling business, doing what you did in the ring, uh, working with this talent, that, that says a lot about you. Um, how'd you get your start? How did I get my start? Well, I'm sitting at home, and I'm watching wrestling on television. And um, I said, boy, the ref's doing kind of a lousy job. And my friend, we're drinking partners at the house, said, you think you could do better? And I go, absolutely. He said, well, why don't you? This is back in 1981. (laughs) So I said the next day, I'm going to call WWF. So I couldn't find him in a phone book. There was no internet or Google. Right. Couldn't find him in a phone book. And I found, and gentlemen, found Capital Wrestling. At 2 p.m. there is a Should I keep talking? Can you hear me right? Yeah, just hold, hey, moderated by John Pantos. He steps on us all the time, Seth stealing the uh, thunder. Right. John, uh, raise your hand. John, raise your hand. He's talking. Uh, so 
all of our panel discussions will be just down this hall on the left. It's uh, called the meeting hall, I believe. Um, so again, at, at 3 o'clock, we start with a panel discussion on uh, some of the... Uh, we, I can edit that so out, and we'll just get back to your story once again. Okay, no, pro no problem. All the old school shooters, from Frank Gotch to Farmer Burns to Paul Pond. So gonna we're going to listen to the historians, <laughs> and then at 3 o'clock, we start the spirit of Frank Gotch. I remember the night I uh, refereed him and Hackenschmidt. No. There you go. All right, we're back. We're good. Are we good? Seth's done okay. taking up our airtime again. All right, so what happened is um, they said uh, I, I, I finally found Capital Wrestling, so I call him. And... 27 phone calls later, never picked up. Finally, the guy picks up. I said, uh, is this Capital Wrestling? Who wants to know? I said, <laughs> uh, my name is David Duenel. What do you want? I said, I'd like to be a ref. We don't need any. I said, how about I send you a resume? Don't send me any gifts. The answer is still no. So I said, well, that went well. <laughs> so I said, I'm not going to be discouraged. Uh, I found an address for them up in... Um, I was a man in a mission at this time. Right. Were they in I, Cape Cod at the time? No, I found an address at the Holland Hotel. I was working at the Trade Center at the time. So every day at lunchtime, I went up to the Holland Hotel hoping to see someone connected with WWF coming in or out. Okay, after two weeks of loitering for an hour at lunchtime, the um, doorman comes out and he says, excuse me, are you a cop, a private eye, a stalker, or are you just a nut? And I, I said, I'm looking for somebody from the WWF. They use this once a month at the garden as a front. Now, get out of here. I'll have you arrested for, um, for stalking. So I said, well, this is not going too well. So I said, I kind of gave up. And then all of a sudden, I'm at our church, uh, a function at our church, our 100th anniversary. And there I am, uh, the master ceremonies. And I found somebody who was connected with the athletic commission. And I said, do you know how I would get a license to, uh, no, do, do you know how I could become a referee with New York? And he said, stop by my office. So I stopped by his office. It was a hot dog truck. <laughs> and, I mean, it sounds like a Woody Allen movie. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and the guy goes, um, this is what you got to do. you got to uh, get a couple people from the state to, to, to recommend you. You're, you were an athletic director at a private school. I think you could do it. Well, in, that, in those days, there weren't a lot of people wanted to become wrestling refs. So uh, I sent 50 bucks, and they sent me a license. Oh, okay. Nice. And I never worked. So I said, you're not taking my money. So I went to the commission, which is around the corner from the um, trade center. And I said, um, uh, when am I going to work? And I started yelling, and the commissioner comes out. And he goes, what's going on? I said, look, I want a shot at, at refereeing. He said, okay, we're going to put you on the show. So two weeks later, they call me. You're going to be at the county center, December 2nd, I think it was, uh, in front of 6,000 people with WWF. And I'm going, great. And then I'm going, wait a minute. I've never been in a ring. I... Never talked to a wrestler. Uh, 6,000 people with the WWF. This, right. this could be a problem if they don't like working with me. Now, was that Backlund was the champion around that time? Backlund was the champion around that time, and I show up at the county center, and Arnie Skolin says, you know, it's getting kind of late, Dave. You better go up and talk to Rods. So I'm walking up the stairs to go to talk to Rods, and I'm going, what do I talk about? The weather? Um, the family? Uh, how's the family, John? Uh, by the way, is wrestling real? <laughs> you know? And, and so thank God for Johnny Rods. He got me through my match. Uh, I said I'm never going to work again. And uh, by, by, by the stroke of luck, a new commissioner came in. Mario Cuomo put a new commissioner in, and I had friends who knew him. And he said, Dave, I'll give you a chance. If you can work, we'll use you. If you can't, you get dropped. He saw me work, and he said, Dave, you're going to work. And from that point on, um, I got a lot of indie shows. I got the WWF. I got, and, and, and from there, it just kind of blossomed. No, that's that's a, that's interesting because like, 
you you pretty much made your future happen, you know, by being persistent and dedicated to wanting to be a referee. I said, what, what what's it going to cost me? Right. The most they can do is say no. Right. Right. So then I was very happy, except reality struck shortly after that. Um, I got assigned to the Wakefield Forum in the Bronx. <laughs> so I show up, and there's burnt cars, there's people begging, there's burnt out buildings. I'm going, what the hell is the WWF doing appearing here? That's the night I found out two new words to my wrestling vocabulary, independent promotion. <laughs> I walked in, there's 60 people in the arena, a small arena, drinking out of brown paper bags. Oh, my and, goodness. And um, all the wrestlers spoke Spanish, and I, I took French in high school. <laughs> so we started smiling. Well, the worst part was I got in a ring, and um, the first match, some guy had just got out of hospital. He had a groin operation, and him and his tag team partner were going against two heels. And I was being drawn over by the tag partner, and the heels were working on his groin. Right. Now, these people were all pretty buzzed. This guy comes up and he's screaming and yelling at me in Spanish, and I don't think he was saying good job. And <laughs> I noticed a gun sticking out of his pocket. Oh. oh. And I'm going, uh, this is not good. So no. I, I, I told the guy at the bell, I said, get the promoter out here. I said, take that gun away from this guy. He goes, oh, he's not dangerous. Right. I said, no, forget it. Take the gun away. <laughs> so um, that was my first uh, independent. And there's a lot of great stories like this in the book that I've just finished called Ringman, a lot, a lot of really fun stories, not only about the big leagues, but about the places where the beer sales outweigh the ticket sales. <laughs> now, do you feel like you really cut your teeth on those independent shows? Did like it help you learn how to work a little better? I learned how to um, dodge foreign objects. Yes, <laughs> that was a. Um, you know, people think that working with the WWF would have been much more difficult than working with the independent. Just the opposite. Uh, you're taking your life in your hands with some of these independent wrestlers that, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't know what they were doing. Right. So, um, yeah, I cut my teeth, and, and I call the chapter paying my dues. Um, do, I remember being in a show out in Bedford-Stuyvesant, and the Ayatollah Blassie gets in the ring, and he looks at me, and he goes, um, Dave, we're in trouble. I go, what's the man? He goes, the people in the audience are tougher looking than the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. So I says, oh, okay. Now, we used to get paid according to the number of people in the building. Yep. You know, refs in. So so Freddie looks up. And this is this is while he's holding the, holding the cane, going to hit me with the cane. This is what we're talking about in the ring. He goes, Dave, Dave, look, there's this guy up in the balcony. He weighs about 400 pounds. He goes, he's sitting on two chairs. You go to, you go to Skolan, you go to Skolan in a locker room, and you tell him to go up there and see if he bought two tickets because a second ticket could put us into the next page. I said, I'm not going to tell Skolan to go up there and check to see if this guy bought two tickets. I said, well, lucky if the balcony doesn't collapse. He said, what do we care? We're not sitting under there. Uh, we get paid, we go home. So these are the things you would talk about right. in the ring, and people thought that you were arguing. Um, but Freddie, there was only one Freddie. That's yeah. great. That had to be, you know, some time in the business there. Arnold Scully, Freddie Blassie. Oh, Cap yeah. Captain Lou? Oh, Captain Lou. Captain, hey, brother, hey, brother, how you doing, brother? Hey, brother, yeah, brother, good to see you, brother. You'd have to listen to him because it was 200 words a minute. So He's, I read somewhere they said that Captain Lou had the record for the most times either quit or being fired and then rehired. It's possible. <laughs> Almost in the same night at times. Well, when I started, Captain Lou was driving cab in Mount Vernon wow. to earn money on the side. Wow. 
you know, he, he, you know, they weren't making a lot of money in those days. They were appearing in high schools, colleges, and uh, one of the strangest shows I ever worked was after the Sheik won a belt. It was a show in Staten Island, and um, since they had, the Sheik was a champion, but because they, on the uh, poster, they had put Bob Acklin as a main event, Acklin got paid for the main event. The, the WWF champion was not the main event in that, and because they, they couldn't put the Sheik was a champion because right. he hadn't fought yet. So I'll never forget it. Uh, being on a show in a high school with the Sheik and Backlund shortly after. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine yeah. that today? Sorgatis right. oh. High School, the Sheik and Backlund will be right. up there, you know, or, or Roman Reigns will be up there fighting, uh, I don't know who. Yeah, that's crazy. At Sorgatis High School. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Now, $20 a ticket. Did you, um, per, some of your personal favorites to work with? I know you had mentioned that you said Johnny Rods helped get you through your first match. Um, the greatest match of my career was Bruno San Martino, raising his hand in the middle of the ring. He had come out of retirement. I don't know if it was to replace his son or possibly to um, maybe a wrestler was injured. So he came out of retirement against um, Cowboy Bob um, Orton. Cowboy Bob Orton. And in those days, there were no cameras in the, in the uh, phones. I noticed a guy in the front row had a zoom lens. So I went out to the zoom lens and I said, zoom lens guy, and I said, would you take my picture if Bruno wins? He goes, sure. So we get in the ring and Bruno wins. So I raise his hand. And we're on the wrong side of the ring. So I'm trotting him all the way around the <laughs> ring. And Bruno's going, are we on television? I said, no. He said, well, what are we doing? I said, you got, we got to come over to this side. He said, why? Is there a problem? I said, yeah, you're on the wrong side of the ring. He goes, what do you mean? I said, just take a picture. So we got in the locker room. I go, this is the deal. I said, Bruno, I had to get a picture. He laughed so hard. He <laughs> said, he probably figured this guy's a fan. And it was the one time I probably was a fan in a match. I mean, I was, I was nervous because I'm in there with the legend. Yeah. I'm in there with the legend. He sold out to Garden how many times? You oh, know? too many to Every remember. Every time. Every time, yeah. I now, think my second favorite match was Nick Bockwinkle against Rick Martell for the AWA belt when the USA Pro Wrestling came in. And the reason it was special was in the corner of, of, um, in the corner of Bockwinkle was Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Oh, wow. The first WWF champion. That's to be awesome. in a ring with three legitimate champions, right. three all-time great workers, um, those, are, those are memories that I'll never forget. A lot of people, uh, you know, this generation may not remember uh, Nick Bockwinkle, but Nick Bockwinkle, in a lot of ways, was um, Vern Gagne's Ric Flair. That's right. The same pomp and circumstance, well put together at all times, very well spoken. Uh, a gentleman. Yeah, it's a, true, a true gentleman. And he, I, don't, I think that's one name that doesn't get enough due in professional wrestling. Nick Bockwinkle was an absolute legend. He was trained by Luthez. And Do, doesn't get any better than that. He, he could work. He could work. And, and a sign of a great worker is somebody that can make another guy look good. And, oh, absolutely. And Nick could do that. Bigelow did that too, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, I think he's an underrated big guy, Bigelow. How good he was and how mobile he was and how acrobatic he was. Big man doing cartwheels like that. Yeah. I did one of his first matches in York, at Youngtown High School, and uh, he was a student of um, Larry Sharp from the, the Monster, uh, Monster Factory. Factory. Sharp's boys were going against the Rods's boys, and Sharp and Rods were in the main event. Well, this guy walks into the locker room, and there's probably 150 people at the show. 
guy walks in a locker room and he's got tattoos all over his body. He's got flames on his head. <laughs> he comes over to me and he says, hi, I'm Scott Bigelow. I said, hi, I'm Dave Dwinell. He goes, geez, I'm really nervous. I've never appeared in, in front of a large audience like this. And I said, oh, God, this is going to be a horrible match. Look at the size of this guy. I, I can't. Oh, my God. And then he tells me he's never appeared in the crowd. We got in a ring, and my mouth was hung open the entire match because I'd never seen a big man work like this. We got back in a locker room, and I said, um, you got to do me a favor. He says, what can I do for you? So when you make it big, you better not forget good old Dave Dwinell. <laughs> and he goes, Dave, I want Every time I met him after that. And then I, I ran When he got dropped by Vince... I used to do him on the Indies against his friend Ray Lacamelli, Joint the Clown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. And you know what those guys would do? They changed the damn finish on me. <laughs> uh oh, Doink's going over and, and, and off the top rope with the Ouija, squeegee pad or whatever. And, and, and Bigelow would end up pinning him with something. He goes, Dave, Dave, Dave you, you screwed up, Dave. <laughs> yeah, 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 I screwed up. I said, your shoulders are down for five. <laughs> so, um, that, no, we, we had, th those were days when you had a lot of fun. Yeah. The guys were loose. I remember doing, um, who was it, um, Jerry Lawler against um, Mick Foley. And they decided they're going to do 25 false finishes. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's finishing hold. Yeah. And they go, and I said, well, what's the finish? They go, figure it out in a ring. They oh, wouldn't wow. tell me. They wouldn't tell me the finish. So those were, those were fun. I'm sorry I'm talking to you. No, 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 no not please. at all. So you said, like, Johnny Rod's boys versus Larry Sharp's boys. Yep. So did, did you ever get a chance to work? One of my personal favorites was Taz. Um. When I worked for Northeast Championship Wrestling, the original one, run by Tommy Jeanette back in the 80s, uh, Johnny was, the, Johnny was the, I, I was their only referee. They used one referee. I had to do all six, seven matches. Johnny, um, or eight matches sometimes, Johnny ran a back room, and we would do fairs. Uh, they ran about 10 years, the promotion. We would do fairs. And on these fairs, Johnny said, I got a bunch of the new kids with me tonight. Help them. Will you help them? Help them work with them. I said, oh, here's Taz, here's Tommy Dreamer, here's Bill Humongous, here's uh, Big Vito. These were all guys that had never really worked before. Right. And we were cutting our teeth pretty much together because I had just kind of come in. So I, I worked many of the very first matches of Taz, Tommy Dreamer. Um, Taz was great to work with, always, always a pleasure. See, Johnny taught these guys not only to be good wrestlers, but to be good people. Respect the ref, respect the business, respect your elders, respect everybody, respect the fans. And this is something that Johnny taught the kids. And Johnny, Johnny gave me so much great advice. Um, and if it hadn't been for him, I would have never made it. He was just a wonderful person. He still is. And, um, but I had a chance to work with all these guys in their infancy. That's, that's awesome. Dave, we we got to have you on long form for the for a full podcast mm -hmm. once we get home and settled, and we can either meet up or do it via the phone, sure. whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever you want. I'm gonna have yeah. a lot of questions for you, my friend. Well, I'll get you a copy of the book, and you read the book, and um, and then you'll. Then we'll have, have even more questions. More. Yes, <laughs> and I, I love talking about it because it was a special period in my life. But I do have to say one thing: I don't want anybody out there listening to think that I am bragging. I'm not. Uh, I understand. No one ever bought a ticket to see a referee, okay? No one ever right. bought a ticket to see me. My job was to make them look good. My job was to work with them hard. My job was, as Johnny said, be the enforcer in there. And um, if you do that, you'll stick around a long time, which I did. But uh, the book's dedicated to 
wrestling fans of all ages and generations because I've never forgotten without the fans, we are no one. Right. We're nobody without the fans. And it's the fans that the book is dedicated to. And I, again, the way I wrote the book is the way I'm talking to you now. I, I'm not saying I'm anybody great. I'm saying I'm somebody that was very fortunate to be part of a timeline right. in wrestling. And I love doing it and I love sharing it with others. And uh, again, like I say, I don't really, I, I, was, I was kind of embarrassed to come today and sell my book. As I said, I don't know who the heck I am. I brought 20 books. I sold all of them. That, that you can't ask for better. And, no. and it was so nice to talk to people. I'll show you a picture after. I have a picture of me and Ronnie Garvin in the garden. Oh, nice. And oh, I showed awesome. it to him. It was in one of the wrestling magazines many, many, many moons ago. So um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I just, I thank God I had a great opportunity to work with so many wonderful people. And there's, nobody's thrown under the bus in the book. You can pick it up on Amazon. Bar, go online, ref, uh, look up uh, Ringman, R-A-N-G-M-A-N, one word, Referee Dave Dwinell. And you'll find uh, Barnes & Nobles, you'll find Amazon, um, $5.99 for the ebook, $14.99 for the 290-page, 40-picture book. Uh, I wanted to make it affordable to fans. I didn't want to gouge people. Right. And, um, you know, God bless if you buy it. I think you'll like it. Awesome. So we'll catch up with you soon, and uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dave. All right, and we are back again, GMAC and Winnie, with the Outlaw Blitz at the Hall of Fame. And we are with... Rita Marie. Rita Marie, Marie. local legend. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. It's fantastic. So exciting having this back, you know? You are a trailblazer. Yeah, that's what they tell me. I think so, because now I can turn on TV on Wednesday night and see uh, Ref Aubrey on AEW. And NXT's got some, some lady refs now. What was it like breaking in the business? Oh, my God. Uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Um, really tough. I wasn't accepted in the beginning, and then they realized that, hey, she's not going anywhere, so I guess we better better work with her because uh, it's just the way it was. Now, what year did you break in? Uh, I got licensed in New York State, my first license, in 1984, and I stayed right with the WWF for 84, 85, and 86, and then I uh, kept my New York State license until 93. What was your, do you remember your first match? You have to. Absolutely. It was a woman's tag team. It was in Middletown uh, Fairgrounds. And in New York, Orange County Fairgrounds? Orange County Fairgrounds. I, met, I ran many races at Orange County Fairgrounds. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that place used to get wild with concerts and wrestling and everything else. Huge crowds, too. Yeah, Who yeah. was in the match? Oh, gosh. It was women's tag team. Oh. To be honest with you, I know Leilani Kai. Uh, Jumping Bomb Angels is the one female tag team I can remember from the yeah. mid-'80s. Yeah. So how long did it did it take you to really feel that you were finally accepted? Um, today. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? How did, how did Seth reach out to you? Well, actually, I've known Seth for a long time. Seth grew up with my daughter. Oh, okay. Seth and my daughter were friends, so Seth is from Mechanicville, New York, and so am I. And uh, Seth completely nerded out when he knew that you were the, the first female <laughs> rep, I can guarantee it. Well, we're from Saugerties, and then Seth was, um, you know, both of my son's first principal. 
and oh, then nice. he reached out. Him and Joe Defina reached out to us about coming on doing the show or doing the doing the convention. We said absolutely. So a lot of local flavor, a lot of, lot of local flavor around here. This oh, is yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, wh- what do you think? What was the biggest show you worked on? Oh gosh, well there were so many of them. Um, one of my favorite shows was was the Moon Dogs. I used to love working with the Moon Dogs. It was crazy. Um, Andre, Andre the Giant. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, Andre was a good man, good friend of mine. Good, I've good man. Never, ever. I mean, you've heard the legendary drinking stories and eating stories of Andre, but you hear a lot of um, Andre and Tim White and Andre and mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. and how close they all were, and that, that's amazing. I, with a match like Andre, you know you're gonna—he's gonna be doing his typical Andre spots, working the Andre match. Was it was it easy to call? Um, yes and no, because you never really knew what Andre was gonna do. Yes, he had his typical spots, but Andre was Andre, and Andre was the boss. The boss, <laughs> yeah, the, the boss. boss, yep. So, but um, yeah, they were all pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, once you got to know everything and got to know everyone, it was it was pretty good. Did you, did you ha- ever have a moment where you were kind of like taking a step back in the ring and looking like, man, I can't believe I'm here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, wrestling, was, to be honest with you, was never my dream. I didn't do this for me. I had a younger brother who was killed in an auto accident, and oh. wrestling was his dream. Wow. So I did this for my brother. So this is, you know, it, it, I didn't start out saying, hey, I want to be the first female referee. I started right. out saying, hey, I want to fulfill this for my brother, never thinking that it would go as far as it did. <laughs> and here we are, that many is, years later. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you, do, is this your first convention that you've done? It is, yes. Did it take a lot to come out today? Did you, did you really have to think about it, or were you ready? Um, no, I think you're always ready because there's always stories. You know, and it's so awesome to be able to see some of the faces that I haven't seen. Like, you know, Luke over there. You know, I haven't seen Luke in years. It's fantastic to hook up again and just say, hey, how's it going, you know? That's awesome. And everybody has their own stories. Everybody has their own reasons. Uh, later on tonight, I'll be telling you one of, about Andre. I don't know if you're going to be there for the dinner. We are. But, we are. Yes. Uh, I'll be telling you a story about when Andre first came into wrestling. So oh, it's that cool. is so awesome. It's cool. One thing, I, I, and one thing that you touched on and I noticed today. It does really feel like a family gathering here. It is. Watching everybody intermingle. I had said when Seth was on before, Bill After completely disarmed me with such, like, familiarity. Like, five minutes after knowing me, he remembered my name and asked me, hey, do you happen to have... It's like, wow, you, just, you feel accepted, and yeah. that, that's great. Yeah, it is. You know, people don't forget. You know, you travel together, you work together. You know, there, I mean, there's so much... Wrestling royalty here—it's it, crazy. It really—it's crazy. And you're part of it. Uh, and, you know, and it's—I'm so honored. I'm so honored and so excited. Hey, I tell you what—you definitely got the biggest hand of the day. Ah. When you came in and they announced that, man, that was a nice applause. How that how that make you feel after all these years being away, and then you get that? Uh, like a million dollars. You know, yeah. it's like. Who would think after all these, you know, it's been almost 40 years. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time. And who would think that people still remember? But, you know, that's the whole part of of being a part of wrestling and being a part of something is people do remember. They do. You know, it's it's like football, you know. Right, yeah. When you're a fan, you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have one more run in you? I might. All right. That's what I like to hear. You know, it's like, I'm old. I'm not dead. That's right. (laughs) 
Reed Marie, thank you so much for stopping on today. We look forward to seeing you and hearing some stories tonight. We'll be back in uh, our more dressier clothes. Well, it's been and my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we're jumping back in, G-Mac and Winnie, at the wrestling show. At Low Blitz Live. Welcome aboard. State your name for our fans. Well, I'm Bud Carson from Pro Wrestling World in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Bud, what brings you to the convention, man? Well, I've been coming up here since they started the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, a couple of years ago, they disbanded it. Now they're back. And hopefully I can make an impact on the new International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. How many years do you have in the business? Well, I started in 1969. I know that's before you guys really joined. <laughs> couple, just a couple of years, not too but many. What, what will happen back then was I fell in love with wrestling magazines. And in the back of a lot of the wrestling magazines were fan clubs. So I joined every fan club I could get a hold of. And one of the um, magazines had the address to the booking offices in the different territories. So I started writing to them and getting autographs from them. And uh, I don't know what the little fairy on my shoulder said, <laughs> save that stuff. It's going to be worth some money someday. <laughs> and I got to tell you that 90% of the stuff that I sent out did not come back. Yeah. But a Bruiser Brody came back. The original sheet came back. That's Pressure awesome. and Bruiser came back. So right. I kept them in scrapbooks for many years. And now that the wrestling boom is booming, Huge. It's, it's time to pay off my house and take my wife to Hawaii. There, there you go. go. There you go. I'm sure she's all about that, too. Yeah, well, not, she don't get the wrestling thing, but how many wives do? Not many. Yeah, very few. He's lucky enough to have she's one. She's understanding, that's for sure. I, I got to take a pass on a wedding uh, for a cousin today. They're in Buffalo at the wedding, and I got lucky enough to be here. So, And she sent me balloons even better. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Compiling. I mean, you have such an array of merchandise through so so many so much different talent. How how do you go about getting it today? There's well, there's a lot of shows and there's a lot of signings now, and it, and in that tri-state area which we all live in, it's the hottest place in professional wrestling. Uh, there's new wrestling stores popping up uh, in um, Queens. There's two within a block of each other, and then uh, that's Jack Ballant. He just opened up a third store. In uh, Long Island, Tommy Farrell's store in Upper New Jersey, um, KN, let me see, MNZ, they're in Central New Jersey. So there's a lot of wrestling stores and there's a lot of signings every weekend. Jack's store, the Wrestling Universe in Queens, has a signing every weekend. Really? Wow. Yeah, wow. Every now, weekend. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, huge wrestling figure collectors. For fans who don't know the real names, it's Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. They've been to my store. Yeah, and that they, they're actually, I mean, that's like good free publicity because they're showing up and spending thousands in these stores. I mean, the, the, the holy grail for Zack Ryder was the uh, Rhythm and Blues Greg the Hammer Valentine from the Hasbro series. Or Mattel, Mattel Hasbro? Uh, the minifigs. Hasbro. The Hasbros. Yeah, Hasbro. Um, do you deal with figures too or mainly just uh, autographs? Yeah, I, I deal with figures, but uh, my, my biggest thing is getting the figures signed. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Brian Myers in the store for a signing when he was going under the name of Kurt Hawkins, and I paid him, and he ended up buying, spending the whole <laughs> the whole paycheck on action figures, and I was like, well, well that worked was, out good. Yeah, it worked out real good. <laughs> I made a new friend. 
Yeah, and they're, I know they're big things. They love, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Star Wars. So you got wrestlers coming in, buying everything else you have. Yeah, I like that. Have you made a lot of a good connections through the years? Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've actually uh, made mostly with the legends, not the newer guys, because I don't really follow the new stuff that much. But the older legends, like the guys that are all here, they all know me. Um, we have them in, in our shows. We still do shows in Allentown and the Hamburg area. That's still hotbed for wrestling. And I, I like to get the... Uh, the, the old timers, the, the mid card guys out. Yeah, because yeah, yep. those are the guys who really built wrestling. They, they didn't get the superstar status, but they put their mileage in. And, and for instance, uh, Stan Hansen wouldn't be the great Delarius Stan Hansen right. if he didn't lariat half the guys in this room. <laughs> I gotta say, so, you, you almost resemble him a bit. I was gonna say that too. I've yeah. been told that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And when I wear my glasses, they tell me I look uh, like Ted DiBiase. So. I was gonna say, I hope your vision's better than Stan Hansen's because he's notoriously blind in the ring. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, what... Is this your, is this your full-time gig? Well, I'm, I'm semi-retired. I, I had a store for over 20 years. It was a wrestling store. It was the very first wrestling based store now there had been a lot of sports member right, yep. stores with some wrestling stuff in it but mine was 100% wrestling for over 20 years and then when I shut that down I do a lot of eBay work and I still like coming to these conventions that's cool yeah that's a they, they always say if, if you enjoy what you're doing it's not like you're working this it's not it's gotta be a great it's not job. work I love it awesome no we've asked everybody that's come through uh now yours, your 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 match is going to be different than a lot of ours. A lot of the younger guys have come through. What was the one match that really pulled you in when you turned on wrestling? Like mine was Snuka jumping off the cage on Morocco. That was like the thing that I was just like, oh my god, it, what, this is different. It wasn't so much a match; it was uh, a, a wrestler. In the late '60s, was there was a, there was a wrestler called Victor Rivera. All right, so there were some of our cut ups from our interviews. Uh, I loved our boy, our security guy, Scott. And I definitely, the biggest smile I had on my face was Brian Liston. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian made it. It was, uh, Brian made that whole event worthwhile. Cause you, you, Brian's a good kid, man. And, uh, you saw he was in all his glory at that convention. How much he, sure he really was. just, it just shined through completely. It was he, great. he sure did. And that picture of him flexing after he won our trivia contest yep. that we got of him, that was awesome. And you know what? We brought a little level uh, levity level yep. to uh, Rita Marie. Remember, she was sh she was like shaking when she came. She to talk was. To us. She was nervous. She was very nervous. And I said, "Ah, just sit down, and talk. We're we're easy people to talk to." That's if there's one thing I've definitely learned is we can talk to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, overall, what a great great time! I I can't wait to do it again next year. We learned some lessons, right? And, uh, you know, our heroes are getting to that age where do they make it to the next year? You don't know. You so. know, listen, two weeks before the event, uh, Dominic Danucci passed, and he was he was, to he was be. scheduled to induct Bruno San Martino. Yep. So um, excellent time. I hope you had fun listening to the interview. I hope all you wrestling fans enjoyed it. Every Every fan that spoke with us, wrestler that spoke with us, organizer and Seth Turner that spoke with us, you learned something from each person. Absolutely. Um, Yo, give our boy Scott Whistle, a.k.a. Baby Gooey. Baby Gooey, a follow on Facebook. 
good dude, man. Our, our personal security, we're going to definitely have him. Hopefully he goes back next year. I think we got to send him an Outlaw Blitz security shirt. I think so. And maybe, listen, you got your four tentpole uh, pay-per-views with WWE, and we have him on for Survivor Series preview. Yeah, definitely, man. I'll have him on anytime. Uh, let's see how you can screw it up today, buddy. I'm not going to. All right. Because I'm going to say for the Outlaw Blitz, take us home, Y2J. Y2J.